Hey guys, I'm Bert with Dabbing with Washington Artists. The idea is simple. We have six dabs and six questions. So sit back, light your torches, as we sit down and interview the artists that make Washington, Washington. I am free as the beauty of sunshine warm on my face. Free as an eagle that races above clouds over storms and I have freedom like seeds that ride the wind. The soul of summer kissing my skin. I am free as a raindrop of love in the desert of my soul quenching my thirst for light as I ride through life on these waves of freedom in the oceans of abundance of space and time. Oh yes, I am this free. For today's series of dabs, we will begin our smoke session with a meathead, a gelato, and a Georgia pie, and we'll round out the session with a purple haze, a strawberry cough, and a Caesar's punch. Well, welcome to Dabbing with Washington Artists. Uh, today we are joined by uh, Lene Reed. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks for coming. You know, you had to fight major traffic to get here, so yes. uh, so we appreciate uh, your hard work getting here. <laughs> thank you for your patience, I made it. All right. Well, uh, so for the our uh, first dab of the day, we're going to be going starting with a meathead. Mm. Uh, it's a diamond caviar, and I'll give you a moment here to actually take a look at it here. But starting it out with the pretty diamonds mm. today. Yeah. <laughs> I can smell the turps in there. Meathead is a hard-hitting indica dominant hybrid known for its pungent smell of diesel and pepper and its intense body high. We picked up a gram of these saucy diamonds at a shop on 172nd Avenue in Marysville. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice and clean. I like that. The first thing we like to ask everybody that comes here is, uh, what role does cannabis play in your creative process? Cannabis has played a wonderful role in my creative process. It helps me to open up when I'm writing and just let that creative flow happen. I really like sativas for that. Okay. Um, so yeah, cannabis has really helped me in that way. And uh, it just makes you feel connected to whatever you're creating. So if I'm painting, it just feels like it opens up. Do you find that, um, and you said you like sativas, but do you find that different strains can shift or alter like your your flow yes yes so just depending on what you've got on hand or... well if i'm trying to tap in and be calmer and like really connect then you want more of an indica because it gives you that more relaxed feeling sure. and then the sativa i really like for writing so for our second one there we've got a uh, gelato oh this sweet yeah that's nice Gelato is a well-balanced hybrid known for its intense high and complex flavor of sweet cream and fruit we picked up a gram of these saucy diamonds at a dispensary on Evergreen Way in Everett. Much better? Nice. That's smooth. All right. Um, so uh, our second question we like to ask everyone is, um, how has living in Washington influenced your uh, your artistic process? Living in Washington is just the best place in the whole country. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I have this deep belief that I 
um, that started growing up on Fort Lewis, actually, I was a military brat, okay. that, okay, when you just live looking at a mountain with the lake there and the streams there and the trees, it's just, it affects you differently. It has to. I never get tired of looking at it either. Never get tired. The best station on TV is out the window in Washington. There's this place in downtown Olympia on the bay that's my favorite place in the world. If you know a map of Washington right at the bottom, Mm -hmm. that's where it is, that part of the water. And it looks over the Olympics, and where the water is, the water is always a different level. The clouds are always different. The fog, you can see the mountains you can't, and it's just my favorite place in the whole world. So, yeah, it's definitely affected me. And I've written lots of poems about Washington as well. Do you usually, um, when you're writing poems about Washington, does it usually start out that way like, as your intent? Or does it kind of just, oh, you happen to have been looking at the mountains and all of a sudden something clicks in your... Okay, so, like, I got to do a short poem. Should I just do that now? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, here we go. Absolutely. <sighs> I feel divine when I smell pine. Stand and look at one needle from one tree, and I wonder, how could this burn up and destroy me? How does a little cone grow up to fall, take down a grid in seconds, step station and all? Now I've been to the canopy. Yeah, I know the roots. They intertwine and connect. As an owl hoots, this needle, it claims to be a whole tree here in my hand. This little speck says, I am the mighty Douglas. This is my land. I believe this cone holds more than seeds. I possess a whole forest that needs not me. As I. Oh, I'm stoned! There you go, that's enough of the poem. (laughs) You can find that poem. That was impressive that you got that part of But that's, yeah, that is literally literally Washington the poem. That's Washington the poem. It's in my book, Universal State of Mind. Evergreen State of Mind. Yeah, it was just sitting in the forest and like, wow, this is so beautiful. So, uh, oh man, this one has made its return. <laughs> this one, this one, be careful, this one gives munchies. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, we, we've fallen into this one's trap before. This is Georgia Pie. Georgia Pie. It had to be Georgia Pie again. I, I don't know, I, I think that was my fault, though. <laughs> oh yeah, I smell the We like that one. That's nice. But, uh, all of a sudden you're not eating cheesecake after all. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia Pie is a sativa-dominant hybrid known for its distinct taste and smell of fresh-baked cobbler. Known for its more indica-like head and body high, this strain commonly leaves the smokers with a floating effect. We scored a gram of this batter at a shop in Marysville. Mm, That's nice. I almost feel like you can like taste the crust. Yeah, it feels like chewy in your mouth. It has a good. mm -hmm. It does have a pie taste. That's crazy. So for uh, for almost halfway point here, um, it seems that a lot of your uh, focus with Crazy Thunder Medicine Mm -hmm. uh, is on the healing of past traumas. Yes. Um, What role do you see cannabis playing in the healing process, specifically as it relates to those suffering for, like, say, PTSD? Cannabis is amazing for PTSD, especially because you have um, sativa, indica, and CBD varieties that help people differently. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for instance, um, I've done marching 
for medical cannabis before there was recreational legalization. And through that, I hooked up with 22 Too Many that works with veterans in PTSD. Mm -hmm. And so veterans are even getting on the bandwagon. They helped this movement. People have forgotten medical was the big push, you know, so definitely um, being able to, to relax, being able to you know, maybe traditional meds are too strong for you or didn't work or you know, whatever reason. It's something that can help you and be supportive. And it's not it's not an addiction. It's supportive. I believe cannabis is more of a vitamin. <laughs> you know, for we sure. have cannabinoid receptors. Your body Absolutely. needs it. And so I definitely, yeah, it helps my PTSD and it helps uh, many veterans as well. So um, Patrick Seifer at 22 Too Many, I uh, got to shout you out. And um, veterans, you should definitely um, get a hold of them and smoke some weed because it helps to deal and process the deal with any process trauma. And Washington has a huge veteran population. Yes. So, I mean, uh, it, it's, you know, get out there, guys. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. cannabis also, it, not just with PTSD or with um you know, the medical properties of it, it brings people together in community. And that's the most important thing is that, you know, you might have social anxiety or PTSD, whatever issue. And if you can come together (laughs) over something that you agree on and that helps you all, and then you can realize that you have friends and people are there supportive and it just kind of opens up. You know, uh, Hempfest comes around, you know, I generally don't speaking, don't like big crowds, Mm -hmm. but like, there's nothing more fun than taking an ounce of weed in with you yeah, and and just finding random people to sit there and smoke with and get to know for like 10, 15 minutes and then move on. Yes. You know, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about, talk about it being a community. You know? I mean, I think it's amazing. There are pictures even of people, of protesters of both sides, opposing forces rolling oh, and yeah. on a, on a, on a protest poster. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it brings people together even when they're there to argue. And so I think it really is 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 good to help people heal and bring people together. People that do not agree can agree on that. And I think it's a good stepping stone. For our fourth one here, um, we have Purple Haze. Purple Haze is a sativa dominant classic strain known for its kick of energy, tendency to leave the smoker euphoric and calm, and its cerebral high. We picked up a gram of this terpto at a shop on Bothell Everett Highway in Bothell. Oh yeah, that tastes old school. So we've got this purple haze going. So uh, <laughs> it kind of related to the question a little okay. bit, which is why I had to. Uh, your poem, Temple of Cannabis, yes. is an homage to the cannabis plant and its uh, and its culture. Yes. And you use the line, we, uh, we resurrect revolutions. Yes. Uh, post-legalization, <laughs> what cultural or social revolutions do you see cannabis playing an active role uh, in resurrecting and why? Good question. Number one is pulling people back to natural healing and realizing that there are um, complementary ways to treat and cure cancer, however, sure, and legally say that or whichever. But yeah, there's ways to, if you're getting whichever treatments, it complements other things. I think that it is going to start to revolutionize gardening because people are realizing that there's indoor gardening. And so places on the West Coast that have been doing various types of grows for years. It's like, well, yeah, our growing season is short, but we can grow year round. And some of the biggest <clears> gardens <throat> in the world are in Northern Europe, where they get no sun, where they have to grow inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? So I think that's good. I think something 
that is bound to come up that was kind of pushed down when medical cannabis um, was shut down is that there's going to be more boutique style weed. I feel like that's gone away. And I feel like that there are niche growers that can do like magical things with plants with like organics and Mm -hmm. certain batches and feeding it certain things to where people, because people love this plant and people care about this plant. And so it's not the same thing as, oh yeah, we grow potatoes. We're growing, you know, I grow garlic. It's great, but I don't baby it. Like I would. (laughs) Sure. I want to water it. I mean, filtered water and mycelium and, and all these different things and people, Especially for for control and for lots of reasons for quality, have gone towards hydroponics. But these are plants that are used to the soil, and I think that it, it just if you really feed the soil, people will start doing that as Absolutely. well, and it can affect everything. Everything if people people pay attention and connect. Oh, and it's just making such a huge deal on the on the uh, not just the cannabis but the hemp side of things yes. too. Oh my goodness. Yes. Got a discussion about this just the other day about, you know, the moment you know, the, these, they're allowed to, allowed to, as soon as they start going towards the timber industry, mm. it's done. Like the cannabis, cannabis and hemp. Both. There's room for both. Oh, for sure. There's always been room for both. Uh, absolutely. And there's going to be some stuff that wood is just always going to be better for, but mm-hmm. you know. I think cannabis is really intersectional. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, going from cannabis and talking about hemp, um, a very prominent uh, indigenous activist, Winona LaDuke, is, I believe, growing hemp or working on growing hemp for um, their tribe out in the Dakotas. Oh, and cool. so we're bringing um, sustainable farming to indigenous communities. We're bringing, you know, textiles. We're all these different ways that we can um, improve our lives. Um, for instance, right now, um, they're fighting against like pipelines and all these different problems going through native reservations mm-hmm. but we can not rely so much on gas and all this kind of infrastructure if we go back to things that are green and that's what that's what hippie stoners about right stuff that's Absolutely. green <laughs> stuff <laughs> that's green so if we can go towards hemp oil have plastics so oh, many man. different things and we it's not just smoking weed oh man biodegradable so like hemp plastic it. or something like that yes that that's what we. That's the Earth needs right now. That's the healing right the now. Ninety days, no CO two emitted, makes dirt beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we need more of. We need more hemp in everything. Hemp, cannabis. Uh, getting closer to the end here. Um, so for number five, we have uh, a strawberry cough. Mm, that's one of my favorites. Strawberry cough is a sativa dominant strain known for its cerebral and euphoric high that lingers for hours and its rich berry and skunk taste. We picked up a gram of this wax at a shop on 88th Avenue in Capitol Hill. Oh, that tastes lovely. That's my favorite tasting one. Thank you. That was a good choice. Modern poetry, post 60s or 70s, or the Ginsburg Howell era, um, has drifted away from social activism or topics related to social justice. Um, what role do you hope to see poetry play in activism and social justice issues? Poetry is on the front lines of activism and social justice issues, number one. Um, slam poetry is popping up all over the country in major cities and is bringing in voices of many people to speak about all different types of issues. Um, I have opened the Seattle Women's March. I've closed the Olympia Women's March. I've spoken at lots of marches about unity and feminism and weed and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that Poetry um, is a beautiful way for people to find their voice and become part of art when um, 
like they're not a singer, they're not, they don't feel artistic. And it's like you can say what you want to say and say it with passion and condense it and do it. And so I feel like poets are coming out of all these movements that even weren't before. And they're like, mm-hmm. I got something to say. And I wrote it down. And somebody goes, come here, kid. Let me let me get that in three minutes. You should come to my slam. And then you got Nikita Oliver, man. <laughs> She's going to be mayor one day. Like, awesome. I hope I hope she will. <laughs> Hi, Nikita. Yeah, she came up through slam. She was slam master of Seattle a long time ago. Gosh. And so, yeah, activism and poetry definitely go together. And I think that it will continue to do so. And you think there's uh, kind of a renewed interest and vigor in poetry in America? Yes, yes, I do. I think SLAM has had a lot to do with that, making it accessible. Um, I think that the Youth Poet Laureate that spoke at the inauguration, I think that gave more voice to it. I think Beyonce having Washington Shire and Lemonade, that brought, you know, so there's so many different ways that we're bringing it up and bringing, bringing like a new resurgence to it. And I mm-hmm. think, I think that it is a beautiful crossroads between rap and academia, that there's this new like voice that has passion and can speak and tell you what it's talking about, you know, and it's like, that isn't, maybe people aren't too into rap or people aren't too into going to readings, but they're like, what's the poetry slam? Oh, that was cool. Do you want to go? And so it's just, it's a good way to have community. And I think that a lot of activism um, meets there. I know the different slams I've been to have always been inclusive and diverse. I've had people of color, LGBTQ, women, um, consent clauses in there. You know, opening spiels, all kinds of stuff like that. So I think it's a really good place for activism and arts and weed and everything to come together because we don't smoke weed out of the alley. So for our last one here, we have Caesar's Punch. Caesar's Punch is a hybrid known for its complex blend of earthiness, diesel, and mint and has a tendency to leave the smoker with a serious case of the munchies. We found a gram of this crumble at a dispensary on Evergreen Way in Everett. Mm, kind of looks like a placement. Not tragic. That was nice. That has like citrus notes. So you have uh, performed your poetry at an eclectic range of outlets, uh, from local poetry slams to opening for Pussy Riot. Mm-hmm. Um, And now you have a series of spoken word albums out on Bandcamp. Yes. Um, When you begin composing a piece, do you consider the future performance component when when writing, or do you write a poem and then allow the performance to follow? I just write. Okay. So occasionally I'll write a prompt for something, but usually the pieces just come out. And then I polish them or extend them or shorten them. If it's for a competition, they have to be timed. Okay. Um, if it's, uh, you know, for a certain event or something inspires me, then I'll write something. A lot of times just an idea will chew around in my head for a long time. I'll be like, I'm going to write that one time. And then it comes out, you know, That's awesome. usually when I'm stumped. <laughs> <laughs> like, tell me about these competitions now, because I've never been to like a, co- a slam book. What competition? How do those run? What are the PSI like? International um, Poetry Slams? Um, the closest ones we have are in Seattle and Portland. They're all over the country. Uh-huh. Um, they you you perform poems that are timed. Usually it's three minutes. They have a whole season, kind of like boxing. That's why there's points and okay. all that stuff. And um, then you have semifinals and finals. People in the audience you don't know judge you on a oh, ten no. point system. Okay. Um, usually a ten point system sometimes is by applause. Um, yeah, and then at the end of the season. And you have a winner, they go on to nationals, and there's fundraisers to that like people. It is a great community. 
it is an amazing community to be a that's part awesome of. yes and so, uh, do you ever think about them ahead of time for, for these competitions? And how does that, how is that different? Oh, I mean, in competition, you got to figure out where you're going, who you're competing against, have a bunch of pieces ready. It's completely different than just going and doing a show or a performance or feature. Com- competition is very, no. it's, it's difficult to explain to people. It's competition poetry. It's serious. Would it be similar to like the rap, like, uh, the versions of it where they'll do like slams against each other? Well, like or rap something? battles, that's one thing. And a lot of times they're freestyle, but like poems, like they have to be timed. You get docked if you go over, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, there's even strategy to it. Like who's really done cool. what poem? Oh, they just did that kind of poem. I can't do that poem or no, mine's better. I'm going to do it. So there's so much to it. Then you have, usually it's a team, but they also have eye whips, which is individuals and wops, which is women and women identifying people. And, um, you know, so there's all different crowds and groups that you can uh, be a part of either individually or as a group. And there's the Bigfoot slam. I think that's going to be online. Portland hosts the, the Bigfoot slam for the West coast. So there's all kinds of poetry events. I, we need audience members so if you've never been to a poetry slam go to one online there's all kinds of shows on zoom right now you can check them out that sounds like fun yes yeah i'll definitely probably i'll check one of those out you'll hear about everything from everyone and it's just it's a beautiful community that's awesome yeah hey guys thank you so much for watching remember to hit like or follow and uh, share with your friends bye